Welcome to the Along the Gravel Road podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Barona. Today's guest is Ashley Ognolock. I'm really excited to talk to her for several reasons. The first one being is that I met her because she is an she was an artist at our live art event for the You Aren't Alone project. And so that's always a really interesting conversation to have. Our artists are incredible for this event and it's coming up again this year. And also this just unique experience of, of being an artist and this intersect- intersection between that and mental health has been a really um really important point of conversation that kind of kicked off the nonprofit and, and this idea of sort of sharing your stories through um, these these art mediums is, is a really interesting, powerful experience for healing and also sort of, you know, can also serve to even, you know, be a, be an interesting part of your journey if you haven't really done some of the work yet. So it's there's a lot, a lot of layers to it. I'm excited to dig into that. And then also this idea of entrepreneurship. She's going to talk about starting a new nonprofit, which, um, you know, I definitely have some experience in. So I'm excited to dig into that and, and what that looks like um, for yourself, for your mental health, for that whole journey. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. Hello, Ashley. Thank Hi. you so, so much for being here. As you just heard, I'm very excited <laughs> for this conversation. Um, so we are going to start uh, with just tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your story, your journey so far, and really kind of what you're hoping that this conversation leads to today. Oh, my journey. That's such a explosive question. Uh, you know, there's always the question of how did we get anywhere? Mm. Um, so I'm an artist, as we've spoken about, and I'm a full time artist. And that entails a lot that entails just like everything yeah. to an extent. Um, I'm originally from Atlanta. I started officially doing art when I was five. Uh, and I started doing art because I couldn't trace. Before we jump in, I do want to talk about amazing production company that is producing this podcast, Ray Media Group. If you're looking for a company that can deliver an amazing product and an experience, then Ray Media Group is who you need to call. They specialize in weddings, podcasts, commercials, YouTube, business promotions. And it's really been great to work with a company who strives to create um, this experience for for their clients. And so you're not just a number to them. They take the time to build these relationships. I Trust me, I know from experience, we've been working together for a little bit now, and it's been amazing. And they, they put up with me, which is a great thing. Um, so you can check out their website at raymediagroup.com. That's R-H-E-A, mediagroup.com. Or give Ken a call at 225 225- Seven seven two seven five zero four. So as a child, which probably should have told a lot of people about my personality at the time, I decided, oh, if you can't trace it, you just draw it. Wow. Um, yeah, just <laughs> five, six years old, just like I'm just going to do it. And I live my life that way. Um, when I was about 21, I decided to pursue art full time. And even with doing that, it was a conversation with God that encouraged mm-hmm. me to do that. I didn't realize uh, the toll that art would take on my life. And I say toll in a positive and negative way Mm -hmm. um, because there have been so many experiences in which I've gained things, but also things that I've lost pursuing this, Mm. um, which later on took a toll on me mentally, spiritually, emotionally, um, but also allowed me to grow in those areas as well. So it's been such a, beautifully painful journey I can honestly say but it's inspired so much vulnerability um so much growth um and so much openness that I never thought that I would uh be kind of like open to so to speak so 
That's interesting. <laughs> and it was that was like kind of a beautiful way to sort of intro what we're going to talk about today. So thank you. So as it, you know, as this journey unfolds for you, what has along the way it looked like for you to get help or support when you were facing some of the more difficult times? So as an artist, right, and I'm pretty sure a lot of artists can attest to, can attest to this, we don't always go to get uh, help in traditional ways. Right. We always think, I'm just going to paint it out, and that's just <laughs> going to be the answer. And then we get validation when we sell that artwork. But what happens when you paint it out and you don't sell it and you're left to then deal with yourself? You know, a lot of times um, I realized that I was having these emotional struggles, but I wasn't taking the time to deal with myself. I wasn't mm -hmm. taking the time to have conversations with myself, to assess my needs, to assess my wants. Um, growing up, uh, I dealt with a lot of adversity. I dealt, I was bullied as a child and I was also uh, rejected in a lot of different ways. And unfortunately, those experiences, you carry them with you. Mm -hmm. And so you you end up becoming this adult that never sets boundaries yeah. and that always wants to be likable. And, you know, I it, it was such a, a thing for me that I didn't fully assess and understand until I got divorced mm -hmm. because I actually ended up marrying an abusive person. Um, it, it went from emotional to verbal to eventually physical. And it was in that moment you ask yourself, how did I get here? What happened, you know, <laughs> to the original plot <laughs> of the story? Yes. And, I, and I'm not making a joke of it in, yeah. as much as I'm just saying, like, we all have those moments where we have to sit back and we have to ask, where did I go wrong with myself? Mm. And I realized in that moment, I didn't appreciate myself as much as I should have. I was seeking validation in so many places and I was letting people set the tone in which they should validate me. That is a very dangerous place to be yeah. at the end of the day. Um, a lot of people you'll find, they're not even happy with themselves and you give them the authority to dictate how you should be happy or to be in these confinements that they set for you when they don't even meet the standard that they've set for you. Um, but I can honestly say, cause you know, to get back my, and you're probably like, Ashley, I, I'm assuming that's your breaking point. No, my breaking <laughs> point um, in 2018, um, I ended up getting pregnant and I lost my son during childbirth. And it was mm -hmm. a very devastating experience because it's, you know, not to take away from anyone else's experience, but to give birth to a child, to go through the pain of pushing that body out of your body and to not take it home. It is it is nothing that I would wish on anyone, to be honest. But in that moment, I snapped and I snapped in a way that I ended up having to be institutionalized. And it was such a I call it my come to Jesus moment. It was a come to Jesus moment in the sense of, I remember being ready to denounce my relationship with God. Cause I was that upset. I literally had a moment where I was like, God, we can square up right now. Like crazy. How you gonna square up with Jesus? But <laughs> I was so just enraged yeah. and everything around me just, it just, it didn't matter. It, it was just, but 
being in a facility and I, I want to talk about this because mental health it, it doesn't discriminate mm-hmm. you know I think the most beautiful thing I can take away is that no matter how well put together you seem no matter how um just great you are no matter how pretty you are no matter how smart you are you can still be impacted in that way and you will still have kind of the same result in terms of like you feel out of control and you don't know how to manage yourself and you feel just in this place of despondency. And I remember being in the facility and I remember it being a place where all of these women were well-to-do women. Mm. They were like architects and doctors. And I think the biggest takeaway was um, I noticed that they all gave themselves the privilege to fall apart. I was one of the only black women in that facility. They volunteered themselves there. I was forced to be there because I snapped. And it was in that moment that I realized as a black woman, I was not giving myself enough grace. I was carrying around the I have to be strong and be put together trope that a lot of black women carry around. We are not obligated to do that. I created a painting that was in your show that said, I am not obligated to welcome you. It was in that moment, I was there for six days and I started just unraveling and exploring what I needed for me. Because I realized in that moment, while everyone else was out enjoying their time, I was locked up somewhere. Mm. And, you know, I was there because I was frustrated with people. You know, I was I was there because I hadn't created boundaries at, and I just snapped. You know, it's a hard thing. It's different when you put yourself somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's another thing when someone puts you somewhere because of other the things that you allow other people to do. Mm-hmm. That takes on a whole new meaning. You because you're left to then look at yourself and ask yourself, why didn't you value you enough to not put boundaries with them to protect you why did you put so much requirement on them to protect you when you went didn't didn't even put that on you it it just it was just such a moment of just reflection and it was just such a moment of this is the day that I declare I will choose myself going forward if I have enough for you leftover that's fine but I have to take care of Ashley first because that's the only way that I can take care of you and if I'm choosing to push aside how I feel I have to make sure I understand that that is the choice that I'm making Mm -hmm. and if I am not settled with that choice then I can't do what you need me to do um and so ever since that day that was 2018 Ever since then, I I wake up and I ask myself, what do you need to do for you today? What is going to help you today? How do you take care of yourself? And I I make it my mission to, I don't inconvenience my emotions for your convenience. You know, there is a, obviously you, you don't just operate just randomly and screaming everywhere. But if I need to cry, I cry and I don't make any like uh, excuses for it. I don't care if it makes you uncomfortable. It's not my responsibility to make you uncomfortable because I'm emotionally hurt or I'm emotionally struggling. Yeah. And so in living that way, it's just, it's helped significantly. That's long story short. It just, 
that was that was my moment because the thing was if I'm being honest Chelsea I'd had other suicidal moments I'd had other suicidal attempts and I remember feeling so alone in those moments and the worst part about it I've always been vocal about my struggles I even look at when I was being abused by my ex-husband I was vocal about that not to my family or my parents but definitely to like my church mm-hmm. at the time um and not getting help yeah. you know and I think that's the part that a lot of people don't understand it's not that people aren't saying anything it really is that you're not listening but not only are you not listening you're helping me in a capacity that's convenient for you as opposed to listening to what I actually need from you so many times we want to give people what we think is best for them without a conversation and I think that's the part that just everyone just has to do better you know it's, I, I I hate seeing those posts because people are like oh this person, you know, they were suicidal. They didn't say anything. They did. They did, yeah. they did say something. I think of the times that I've said something. Mm. And, you know, it was just always, oh, well, you'll be fine. Or No, I'm not fine. But I decided to take on the thing of, okay, no one's going to save you. Mm. So how do you save you? And so every day I figure out how do you save yourself? Because... What a lot of people don't understand is the stuff doesn't go away. Right. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, as a believer and I have a strong relationship with God, I still battle with that. And I still am constantly in conversation and in prayer with God about it. But, you know, you just you learn how to manage it. Yes. You learn how to place the energy somewhere else. You create ways to affirm yourself a little bit better or a lot better. Mm. Um, and you, you start being more conscious, you know, if I'm being honest, one of the things that in being with prayer with God doesn't prevent it, but what it does is it prepares me for it. So I know like what it looks like and I know when it's coming up. So I put things in place. It's almost like, uh, you pre plan. <laughs> Like you pre-planned your depression. Like, yes, I know I'm about to feel like this. So therefore, let me get this. Let me get this. And let me put this in place. Mm -hmm. And then I'll even set aside a a thing of like, how many days are you going to commit to this? Cool. You can do that. And that's literally like how it worked like for me. But I think about like what it took to get there and being honest about it you know so many times we want to pretend like we're okay and that's Mm -hmm. insane Mm -hmm. I think my favorite part about being in the mental institution everything was on display and it was honest you know when I got out it was hard being in the real world because it was like you guys are saying you're okay and you're actually not okay and why are we doing that And I even have this thing. So, you know, like when you go to a Target and people are like, how are you doing? If I'm having a bad day, I'll say it's really not a good day right now. And I'll go into it like, you know, and they probably think I'm crazy. But it's like I can't sit and lie to you about where I am mentally, especially when I know I'm not there. Mm. That's insanity to Mm me. So, yeah, that's (laughs) that's the journey. And that's that's what it's been. There are so many. I mean, Obviously, you've had a that. That's a lot. There's a 
long journey there that got you eventually to this place there's so many things that at least for me like that I took away from from all of that and like the that first big thing of you know I think even though like you were you were in a place where you did not have control over um being institutionalized going into you know into treatment um for these these few days and as a sort of result of that you ended up finding a way to sort of sort of take back some of that control and I think that that kind of like that seems like that was a pattern a lot in this. Now you you do because so many people along the way let you down yeah. um, and without having um, taking some of that on yourself to say like some of this I, I have to just do for me. Um, and there was a few points there. I think like when I go back to my story and when I look back um, a lot of it, this idea that you were talking about, it was like, yeah, at, at some point I gave this person permission to be able to treat me like that. And even all like with all my expectations, those I didn't actually set anything in place for them to meet those expectations that I had in, in the back of my head. So of course this person's going to keep letting me down or hurting me. Yeah. Um, you know, and there that's twofold because for me it was like, I also have to recognize that there were a lot of things that happened to me in my life that sort of, you know, eventually made me believe that, okay, this is, I should, like, for some reason, I should be able to accept this behavior or, Mm. you know, so I think it's, it's kind of two parts. It's like, yes, there were a lot of things that happened to you that should not have happened to you. There were people that hurt you that should not have hurt you. There were things that went, that you went through that nobody should ever have to go through Mm. and now how can I take back that control and say, for me, if no one else is going to take care of me, yeah. if no one else is going to give me the support that I need, you, I mean, you said, it, how do I save myself at this point? I think it's also that thing of realizing we're saving. Yes, You exactly. know, it's like, and I don't say this arrogantly, but it's like, I'm a beautiful person. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I very much enjoy myself as a person like I like the way I think I like the way I create I like that like in the middle of nowhere I'll just break out in a dance as a grown person in the middle of the store I think those are very beautiful things and so I realized like why am I putting all of this emphasis on people Mm -hmm. to like me and to love me when my love is enough um it's almost like the thing of I'll take your applause, but it's just additional because I've already yeah. validated myself with my own applause and I can appreciate that. Hey y'all, Brandon Barker here with Barker Property Management and Commercial Real Estate. We use our knowledge and experience to offer a comprehensive plan and provide property management, commercial brokerage services across Louisiana. Our business was founded on the value of being responsive to our customers and protecting our clients' assets. We proudly support the You on a Loan Project and the Long Gravel Road podcast. That's a you know. hard place to get to. Well, it is. But if I'm being honest, once again, my relationship with God has helped me get to that. Mm-hmm. I remember reading this book called Experiencing the Heart of Jesus, and it changed my life because, you know, it just made me see how valuable I am. You know, like, so for example, um, and we'll just take it back. My mom was an addict. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was the baby of an addict. And I was supposed to be born, like, blind and deaf. Like, seriously. Like, that was a thing. And, you know, when she's telling my birth story and you realize that you're not born with these deformities or anything like that, you actually not only have vision, but you have artistic vision. 
you know, I dream in color, I see things in color. And it's like to be saved from that, mm -hmm. to be set aside specifically, it makes you kind of feel somewhere about yourself because you're just like, like God really came down and got me like, you know, and and I didn't have drugs in my system. And, she, you know, it was that thing of like her water broke in an actual like crack house. So and she didn't stop. So, you know, I'm exposed to the elements at this point. And so it's just that thing where it's just like, you're just there. And you're supposed to have all these things going on. It was tested, it, you know, and you beat that. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a moment like that and then you get older, you're just like, no, there's something special here. There, you know, and it's like, stop expecting people to appreciate it when there's already an appreciation for it because you're here and you you survived that mm. um so it was more so just that thing of just like just valuing myself and just like you know we're all here just trying to figure it out mm. and we're all doing the best we can with what we have yeah but a lot of us have some really special things that we are not appreciating as much as we should and i just i didn't want to do that especially being an artist that's a gift it's a gift that a lot of people the, the ability to create is a gift and you know it's a beautiful gift just the way artists see the world <laughs> it's just completely different and I love talking to regular people <laughs> it's just like oh wow your brain just doesn't allow you to conceptualize it that sucks for you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's just that thing where it's like every day what are you appreciating mm. and I stopped looking at you know the things that happened they were horrible mm -hmm. you know um or I stopped looking at the things that were problematic or whatever and I started looking at what are some things that I can appreciate what are some things that are joyous? What are some things that are beautiful? Because those are there too. Yeah. You know, I tell people all the time, like we have a propensity when it comes to success and failure of anything. We always gear towards what if it fails, but we don't explore what if it succeeds? Mm -hmm. What if it works? Yeah. And I just try to live my life that way. Like, what if it goes well? What if, you know, the sooner I can get through this process, the sooner I can get to the other side of better? Because moments they are constantly changing mm -hmm. you know I look at like where I was six months ago is not where I am today <laughs> like yeah. and I don't think we always realize that because we're so stuck kind of mm -hmm. in the moment understandably so because yeah. those moments are hard absolutely so yeah I like that and that's something we kind of explore on this podcast a few in a few episodes is this idea of an and is that it can it yes it hurts mm -hmm. what you know you're, you might be going through something really difficult and there's other things in your life you have value you're beautiful you're 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 capable you know you're all of these things and so it's an it's an and and for you to have recognized that this is like that that space that there's so much still to explore there of that other side of the end the positive side of the end because it's so easy especially with depression I think for our brains to gravitate towards the negative yeah. towards the pain towards the hurt uh and reinforce that but there's the and there's the other side of that that's mm. so important yeah I think after every so when I was 21 my sister died of lupus and then when I was 26 that's when I got divorced and then when I was 30 that's when I lost my baby and I remember reading uh this article where it said that 
the top three things that like are the saddest things that could happen to a person is losing a sibling, being divorced and losing a child. And I was like, wow, I have experienced all of that by 31. That's wild. But after all of those moments, I remember every time in those same words, you're still here. So Mm -hmm. what are you going to do? And it was that thing where it's, it's just like, if it doesn't kill you, if you survived it, not saying that it was right that you were put in that place to have to survive it, yes. but you have a choice here. And what are you going to choose? I can choose to lay down and die that day, or I can choose to continue to live my life in hopes of progressing through this. You know, I think sometimes we tell ourselves we have to hurry up. Grief is a process. And it's, you know, I still cry over my sister. Um, I still cry over my baby. Not so much my marriage. But But even when I do cry, I'm excited because it means that that really happened. And I remember them. Mm -hmm. I remember being a mom and wanting to be a mom. It was the most amazing experience at the time. I remember having such a connectivity to Noah. Um, I literally... The name was Noah three weeks after mm-hmm. we found out I was pregnant. Like, it was a whole thing. Um, my sister my sister was such, a, like, an important person, even in my artistic journey. Like, she is literally, her and God are the reason why I pursued art in the first place. As a matter of fact, when I signed my name, I signed it a Ocnalot because she used to say, sign it like this so people think it's me, too. Because we had the same initials. Uh, <laughs> so, What's her name? Elena. Elena. Yeah. And I remember, um, so it's just that thing where it's just like, you know, I enjoy those tears Mm -hmm. because those two beings were so important to my process. Yeah. Um, And I miss them like crazy. And sometimes I get upset if I'm not crying over them because I'm like, no, I don't want to forget you. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, so. And that goes back to the other point where you were like, I, you know, to be able to recognize when when you are starting to feel really low or when you are going into these places where you that, you know, sometimes the emotion does take over and some of that does kind of just come, you know, while washing back over you. And I was actually just telling a friend the other day, I was like, I, my depression is manageable, but I still, I still suffer from depression. It's not just like you said, these things don't just magically go away as much as that would be (laughs) lovely. Um, And I, it's just, it's just that I can recognize, you know, when, I might need the time to like step back and say, okay, some of these things are leading up to, I know like I'm going to need that moment for me. me." And yeah, I do the exact same thing. I schedule out, maybe not in like, I don't, I'm not, it's on my calendar or anything. Depression today. (laughs) Depression day, thanks. (laughs) Um, But I mean, honestly, wouldn't that be nice though if I could just be like, but there is a lot of moments where I I do, I'm, I'm open with my friends. I say, I'm feeling really low today. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be okay. I'm okay right now. I'm okay. I'm just, I'm feeling really low. I don't have the energy to be able to really give you as much of myself as I want to in this moment. And, you know, but I will, as soon as I can't, am capable, I will come back, you know, I'll be back. I'll be there and I'll let you know if there's anything specifically that I need in this moment because I am struggling right now. Yeah. It has such a powerful thing to be able to do and have the, the, and you know, for me, I guess I'm lucky I have the people around me that I can say those things to because I've been pretty open about it. But that a lot of that I had to set in place myself yeah. to say, 
I am going to be the person to say this out loud. Yeah. And that's just like you said, I took, I kind of like took, took that back on me and say, that's up to me to tell, tell people. Yeah. Um, and thankfully there are people who are now able to recognize some of these things. I mean, and, and be able to even from, even if I don't notice, be able to sit back and say, yeah. but yeah, it was, it was on me to do that. And to yeah. be able to have that time set aside for me is, is important. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's talk more about the art. Um, and you you kind of, you said it a little bit with, within your journey and what I was trying to like get at in the beginning of this idea of how art can play a role with your mental health in so many different ways. It can be healing. It can also sort of be a part of the destruction even for some yeah. people. Um, and then there's just all the different layers to it of fi- finding that validation in the art and things like that of using it as a coping mechanism, as a avoidance tactic, whatever. <laughs> there's so many layers to it. Tell us about that. Tell us what that experience has been. Uh, so that you pretty much hit the nail on the head with all of it. <laughs> like I tell people all the time, like, are you sure you want to be an artist? It it looks fun, but it it and it's a beautiful thing and it is fun, but it has sometimes led to some of my depression. If I'm being honest, yeah. Especially as an art entrepreneur, because my my living is based off of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it also has so many healing components components in terms of me being able to vocalize how I feel um in a safe place in a safe space and it's not always pretty Mm -hmm. but I'm not always pretty and it allows me to just be open and honest with myself because sometimes I like to I'm visual so it helps me to put a visual to things and art allows me to do that because sometimes I may be feeling some type of way but I can't verbally express it Mm -hmm. um and so sometimes that can be frustrating because it's like i know how i feel and there's this word here for it but that word is not good enough for how i actually feel so being able to just completely get it out and throw it on a canvas and not just even creating the content but the process of creating it Mm -hmm. you know i love my moments where i am just so overwhelmed inside and I'm just able to take something out and just dump all of it there. It, it's literally like a cleansing process, so to speak. Unfortunately, then you're left with it and you're just like, <laughs> what do I do with this? Like, <laughs> and then, you know, you're like, oh, someone will buy my frustration and destruction and depression and all this stuff. Great. Put it in your house. Like, get it out of mine. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, it and. But it's also been such a connectivity for me to other things. Like I said, my sister played a very vital part when it comes to even me like creating in that process because it was something that we would talk about when mm-hmm. she was in the hospital. Like she believed in it more than me. Mm-hmm. I was just like, seriously, I don't. Th-. She's just like, yeah, like I believe in you. And, and it was so devastating when she died because it was just that thing of like, oh, wait a minute. I'm here by myself now yeah. on this journey. Um but even when I create, it's a connection with her because she wouldn't call herself a creative, but my sister was very talented. She could just do anything, to be honest. She was one of those people. Have you ever met those people? They just yes. they just can do everything. Yes. And it's just like, how are you so good at everything? Uh-huh. And then you don't do anything with it. So mm-hmm. what are you doing? But, um, like, <laughs> but it, it's definitely an opportunity for me to kind of convene with her in a way. Um, it's definitely an opportunity for me to convene with God. You know, at the end of the day, there's a responsibility there. Um, 
and I love to worship in that way. Like I love um, resetting myself. So to be honest, art is the one place where I am not thinking. Mm. I am just strictly feeling. And I think all the time, actually. That's why I even have to schedule moments to not think. I know people are like, you schedule everything. (laughs) Yes, I do. Get on a schedule, okay? (laughs) It helps you. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the one place where my brain is completely off and I am just connecting with my heart. Mm. And I love that moment because it's such a pure moment for me. Um, Which is why a lot of times I don't like people in my artistic space, not because, you know, I don't want them around, but I don't want you complicating it with your thoughts and your questions and things of that nature. If you can just sit in the space with me, I call it my artistic bubble. Sure, go for it. If anything, let us combine our energies and you can paint with it. That's why I love painting with kids. Oh, yeah. Um, Not teaching kids, but painting with them because... Kids explore art differently. They explore it just innocently. They don't quit. They don't force it to become anything. Adults, we everything has to be something. Everything has to mean something. There always has to be a why as to. And it's like, you know how difficult it is to live that way. You know, one of the things that helps me with my mental health is allowing myself to be a child sometimes you know being an artist it allows that but you know I have these moments where I'm like how can you separate your adult self from your child self you know to kind of take a break and I give myself that privilege it might be eating ice cream at 9 a.m in the morning and I love doing that because I'm like who's gonna check me (laughs) like (laughs) like, you know The other day, you know, um, don't shame me, shamers. But I did go out to Walmart. It was like 7 a.m. though. But I I went out in my onesie and it was the best time. Like it was just a really enjoyable moment of just this is what I felt like doing. It only affects me Mm -hmm. because I want to be clear. Don't just be doing stuff where it's absolutely, (laughs) you know, you got to say yes. But what will only affect me Mm -hmm. and what can I do that will help me in this moment and so I take those opportunities uh when they're available and I also try to make them as available as possible to myself I don't think people realize being an adult is hard Mm. even the other day I was like who thought it was a good idea to tell me to make decisions like (laughs) when did so and I think I was driving like on the express (laughs) when I was just like why am I making decisions? Like who decided this is a good idea? You know, but you're here. Yeah. So you're just like, okay, I guess I have to do yes. So. Yes. Wow. No, I love that. You're you're totally right. You're so so right. Um I do want to make sure we have time to talk about um about the nonprofit that you just started. Yeah. So Presence Yay. Fest. Yes. Tell us all about that. Tell us about the impact and kind of what and even like what our audience can do to get involved in it. So Presence Fest um you know, so let me just be very clear. I moved, I'm from Atlanta and I moved down here two years ago and I've fallen in love with the city of Baton Rouge and I never thought <laughs> that would happen. <laughs> um, one of the things that I love most about here is community here. Mm. You know, in Atlanta, we just, it reminds me of the old Atlanta, the way Atlanta used to be before it uh, became what it is now, which is still beautiful. Shout out to Atlanta. 
Um, but the way people are connected here mm -hmm. and the way you all are involved completely here is just such a beautiful thing to witness. And so I created Presence Fest with the intent of helping that um, and also helping organizations that are already in place. It wasn't a thing to like to start this nonprofit and bombard and like take over. No, it was more so in terms of like being even more assistance to the things that are in place. So like we have our focal points that we focus on, which are financial literacy, um, career and personal development, mental health and health and nutrition. Um, specifically, those things are important to me. But I also think they are an important for the advancement of any person. Yeah. You know, when you are financially stable, when you know who you are and what you want to do, when you are mentally sound and when you are, um, I guess, spiritually connected, you're a pretty well functioning person. You're functioning <laughs> at a very full capacity. So it's literally just that thing of like, but I also know, and you probably can attest to this, on every journey you need help. Yeah. You need not only resources, um, but you need emotional support. Um, a lot of things you kind of need people to hold your hand. Mm -hmm. And so Presence Fest wants to service that, especially to people like yourself that are doing the work, but you might be at capacity. So what would it look like to have another organization say, hey, you don't have to lift this beam by yourself. Mm -hmm. We're actually going to assist you with lifting it and we're going to utilize our resources to do so. So that is what we are about and that's what we want to do here. Um, so you can support us. We have our um, our fundraising campaign that we're doing. We have our first event, our official launch event coming up July 8th. Okay. So um, we want to also create different environments for people to just express and enjoy themselves because one of the things i can say baton rouge i love being here but sometimes it'd be nice to have some things to do mm -hmm. <laughs> just <laughs> a little bit more so we also curate events mm -hmm. like just different things for people to do collectively um i was reading that like i think louisiana has the highest like crime rate in the nation yeah. but i realized why is that because people don't have anything to do um, true story. Someone asked me out on a date like months ago and I was like, oh, where are we going? And he's like, oh, I'll take you to the daiquiri shop. And I was like, and that's your thing here? He's like, well, that's what everyone does. And I was like, huh, we need some stuff to do here besides yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but you can go to our website, uh, www.presencefest.com. So P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E-F-E-S-T.com. And you can just click the donation button and you can donate directly to the organization, but also just attending the events. Like I said, we have our first official event July 8th. It'll be at the Arts Council building. We're really excited about it. It's a full like art exhibit and concert. So it's gonna be pretty dope. The talent, obviously I'll have work there as well. So if you wanna see my artwork, <laughs> it'll be there. But there are a lot of other artists that are talented here mm -hmm. and also wanting people to see that and things of that nature. So you can also purchase a ticket for the event. Um, you can just click on our events page and it'll tell you all about that event and things of that nature. So yeah. Perfect. We'll also, in we'll include all of that information too in the show notes on the website and um, and when we share it on our social, okay. we'll make sure to share it too cool. when it gets closer as well. <laughs> so thank you for that. that that's really exciting. Um, and I obviously, I know it like, 
with all the things you're doing, um, <laughs> art, artist, entrepreneur, now growing this nonprofit, I know it's it's not easy. It can it can be a long and difficult journey. <laughs> um, but I think things like that, like that's going to make such an a impact here. And and you're right, you know, like there is this community here. How do we build? How we continue building it? How do we give more tools to that community? How do we help uplift it and grow it and and provide opportunities for actually getting together and doing things, yeah. <laughs> which can often be missing and is is kind of this the same reason um why i started why we we do our big event is because there is that strong community here and we want to just bring them together yeah. and allow people the opportunity to sort of like experience these things together yeah absolutely so that's amazing congratulations on that i'm, I'm looking forward to it too i'm excited yeah uh, one of the things and i know we have to get off soon but one of the things that helps me is serving mm-hmm. like i realized that if i create ways to serve then i'm able to set up the boundary and how i serve yeah but still being present um and so that's one of the things that has helped me because then people aren't able to just pull 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 um and i don't have to feel bad about not allowing them to i can kind of dictate where i choose to have my service be and so um, that's one of the things that I'm also enjoying as well, that I get to serve in capacities that I want to mm-hmm. and also create those capacities in which I want to serve. So, yeah, I like that a lot. That's kind of been my experience as well as I've had to, for a lot of it, take a step back from some of the other service thing oriented things I was doing in order to do the work that really does like allow me to give back and then refill my cup because, yeah. you know, obviously you can't fill um, pour from an empty cup we yeah. hear it all the time <laughs> and to be able to sort of cure that create that for yourself yeah. is a really a really important experience so as we wrap things up here what would be out of all kind of the things you shared today which there was a lot of really I think impactful stuff that um you know that I think people can take away from this so thank you so much for sharing that journey and that story with people what what would be one last thought that you'd like to leave with us here um Figure out every day how to make space for yourself. Um, As you're being present for everyone, ask how can you be present for yourself today? I think having that conversation or at least that acknowledgement will help you because either you will figure out how to be present for yourself or you will acknowledge the fact that you are not being present for yourself and you will make an adjustment. Mm Mm-hmm. So I I think that would be the biggest thing that I would hope people would take away is just being present for themselves because you're important too. Mm -hmm. You really are. (laughs) Like all the things that you feel need to be done, if you're not here, you know, then they won't get done or they'll just get done by some other random person. So you might as well choose yourself (laughs) yourself and be present. So Absolutely. Thank you so much. I think that's amazing. Thank you for sharing. Um, I know it's no small thing to, to open <laughs> up and to be vulnerable and to share, you know, this th- these things. But I, I think the more we're able to do that, the more we're able to. I love that you came in here and you were like, you know, I think I think this isn't a space where we just um, we just kind of stay on the surface where we do kind of get a little bit deeper and explore things that maybe is, aren't talked about as often. Yeah. So that because 
all of us are kind of going through these things and it can Mm -hmm. feel really lonely. It Mm -hmm. can feel like, um, that, that we're kind of, that everyone else seems to have it together. And why don't I, (laughs) you know, it can feel that way so (laughs) often, but no, none of us do. Mm -hmm. None of us do. And so the more that, you know, you're, you're, the more you share, the more we open up with each other, the more we can recognize that we're not alone in this. So thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me, Chelsea. And thank you all for listening. (laughs) 